All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, coming up this hour, we will have uh, Ryan Marsh from the Spruce Grove Saints, plus our ski report coming up. Uh, and in uh, just a few minutes, uh, we will uh, check in with Oilers assistant coach Paul Coffey. Uh, Tiger texts in, and sorry, Tiger, we never got to this one, uh, and Eddie will get to it next week. Uh, good morning, Eddie from Tiger. I saw Sean Payton on the sidelines this week. I was thinking back to when he was suspended for a year. you remember any coaches or players putting a few hundred dollars on the board to go after an opponent? And Eddie said he was more than happy to answer something like that. Uh, we will get that uh, next Friday. We'll talk about that. Tiger, if you can, give us a text next Friday about it. Just uh, We got kind of inundated with uh, a few things going on and things like that. Uh, Keith Richards, apparently, this is from uh, Earl of Erskine, uh, Keith cut his track solo in Toronto before a trial. Thought it might be his last session for a while. Play Bob Dylan Christmas. Our family loves it. It's a hilarious song. Uh, maybe even Kevin will approve that Christmas music. I love Christmas music. I just thought we could have a little more, a little jump, something a little more hoppier going on instead of Nat King Cole to start things off. So Oilers with a big win last night, 3-1 in Vegas. The Oilers defense played very, very well as a whole. Uh, when you look at, you know, from one to six, everyone played a very solid game. I mean, the minutes were were split up quite evenly. Uh, Evan Bouchard, 23-40. CC, Cody Cece is another guy that's really benefited under the watch of Paul Coffey. Uh, Darnell Nurse is playing some of his best hockey. Had the big goal, was plus two, along with Cody Cece. Both played 24 minutes and change. Vinny DeHarnay has seen... His play elevate as well. Brett Kulak has uh, been good. And I mean, again, Matthias Ekholm is coming on as well. So Wednesday before the Oilers left for Winnipeg, I had a chance to sit down with uh, Oilers assistant coach, Paul Coffey, who's kind of been on the job for just a few weeks here to discuss exactly how things have been going. Here's that conversation. Paul, a few weeks onto the job here. How have you found things so far? It's been great. It's... Uh Pretty much all is advertised. I knew it'd be a lot of fun. I knew where I knew we had a good defense core. I knew we had some smart guys back there, and uh, they're all willing to learn. And you know, Chris has done an incredible job coming in, not knowing anybody. At least I knew some of the personnel for sure prior. But uh, it's been good. It's a real calming influence. Uh, it's easy for me just to follow suit and do as I'm told, and it's been fun. Are there some some aspects that have been harder for you or some aspects that have been easier for you here in the early going? Well, the biggest thing to tell you the truth was, what was I going to wear behind the bench? <laughs> I'm, not some, I'm not much of a clothing guru, so uh, there was that. And then, uh, you know, I've never been behind a bench in, a, in an NHL game. Was wondering what that was going to be like. Stood out here for the first warm up, and I said, "Yeah, I got this. These guys are bigger, faster. But I can handle this." But it's been a lot of fun. It's been enjoyable. I wouldn't say it's work because if it's work, I wouldn't do it. It's fun. Uh, was willing to help the Oilers any way I can, and it's been great to date. How have you developed that rapport with the defensemen that you've worked with? Because you knew them all and had discussed uh, their strengths and weaknesses before. But how have you taken that to another level? Well, knowing them all and having a relationship and coaching is somewhat the same but different. And, you know, I wrote some things out on the plane coming here, what my agenda would be. And first would to be uh, build a good relationship with them, um, build trust from them, get them accountable, hoping they were willing to uh, listen, learn and improve. And they've been all of that and then some. And, uh, you know, they're just a great group of guys, as most hockey players are. And, uh, 
you know, we're a well-prepared team. As I said earlier, Chris, uh, Gullies, Tui, and Schwartz have done an incredible job, and we just let the chips fall with them May when the game starts. How have you bounced things off Coach Stewart and vice versa so far uh, in that capacity? Oh, it's been great just because everybody's, uh, I keep using the word agenda. Everybody has one agenda, and that's the team. I mean, their conversations are great in the back room. Um, it's an open forum with one boss, and that's Chris. And uh, he uh, he appreciates everybody's input. To date, we've been we've been bang on and everything we've saw in other teams and our team. And, uh, again, my, my, my job here is with the defensemen as well as how do we get better every day. I try to strive to get better as a coach, and I want them to get better as players, and uh, they've been doing that so far. Is there one aspect, I mean, that you've tried to relay that information, whether it be offensively, defensively? Sometimes we might see a, a, one defenseman in particular jump up a little bit more, but how have you handled that? Well, my biggest expectation was to make plays. You know, we've got two of them most highly skilled players to play the game and Connor Leon and uh, I said from day one you want these guys to like you put the puck on their stick and uh, you know we're in the NHL here my expectations are high when the puck's on your stick you should be able to make a play how do you make a play your feet got to be moving it's a lot easier when you're moving out there and you're moving with each other communicating as partners and uh, like I said the guys have been incredible receptive Uh, they're a very very intelligent group you just give them a little bit here and there and watch them go so you were an advisor to the owner, Daryl Cates. Uh, are you still an advisor? How does that dynamic work? Well, I'm an assistant coach, though. Yeah. I got a stall on everything in there. <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm, I'm an assistant coach now. Listen, I took this, uh, I took this gig to help uh, to help the Oilers out. You know, Chris coming in and, and not having a guy, and I said I'd be happy to do it. Um, when the season's over, I guess we'll reassess and. Uh, Hopefully uh, remain at least an advisor with the Oilers, which I really enjoy. I've enjoyed my conversation with Daryl as always. But, you know, Jeff and Kenny are doing an incredible job on the top. And, you know, you, it's, it's like anything else. You just stay in your lane. So I guess you were in contact with Daryl frequently as an advisor. How does that work now? Um, we still chat, but not not about things that... Uh, that don't matter. I mean, he's he's obviously a he's obviously a hands-on owner. He should be a hands-on owner. It's his uh, it's his money in the game, and he's an Oilers fan, true and blue. And you know, he he is, he is one of the greatest owners in the game because he does love the city of Edmonton and loves his team, and it's important. And we we still chat, but just. Uh, just uh, pleasantries. How have you, and you haven't had a lot of road trips, but how have you handled travel hours? I mean, everyone knows about how much time and effort the assistant coaches have to put in. What's that been like for you? It's been good. I mean, there's the, 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 the downtime is probably the hardest. You know, I do have a family back home, back in Toronto, and that's been... Uh, that's been a little bit of a uh, little bit of an adjustment. Going home for a couple of days, uh, Friday, Saturday, back for Sunday's practice, and just put your head down and keep going. Is this everything you imagined that it would would be? Well, it's the best seat in the house, I'll tell you that. And there's some pretty good hockey players out there on both teams, and to be able to stand here ready at ice level and see the skill, the size, the speed, and the creativeness of these players is pretty great. I mean, first things first, uh, watching our players is pretty special. Thanks, Koff. Continued success. Thank you. That's Oilers assistant coach Paul Coffey. He had the opportunity to uh, sit down with him Wednesday before the Oilers left for Winnipeg. And it was a successful game last night, 3-1, with an empty net goal, the fourth straight win for the Oilers. The one aspect uh, that I think a lot of people were wondering was going to be how Coffey's relationship with owner Daryl Cates would be moving forward. And he did address that. 
And it was something that, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, when he was hired. A lot of people were wondering, well, how can this dynamic work? And you kind of heard him answer that, that he's an assistant coach now. And I, how a, how a dressing room works, how a coaching staff works, how chain of command works, it can't work if someone is, you know, not totally on board 100% with that evolution and how things are are done properly from top to bottom. There is a pecking order, you know. There is the owner. There is Jeff Jackson and and then Kenny Holland. And then you have Chris Knobloch, who all the assistant coaches answer to. As soon as you overstep some boundaries, that's when problems come into play a lot. And you can you can hear about how Paul is handling this and how that relationship is now and what it was and what it'll be kind of moving forward. We all know that this is just a one-year thing. This is, you know, Paul Coffey isn't staying on as an assistant coach after next year, after the end of this year. That's just the way it is going to be. Uh, he's at a stage in his life where he enjoys what he's doing, uh, enjoyed what he was doing before, but he wants to help. He wants to make a difference in this team. He sees that he can offer something and someone else in the organization feels that as well. I remember when he was first hired, we had people saying, well, this is the worst thing that ever can possibly be. What He has no experience. He has none of this. But Paul Coffey knows more about hockey than most people have forgotten. He's forgotten more about hockey than most people know. That's how I should phrase it, pardon me. So you can see changes on the defense. You can see changes in how... Players are playing with a little more confident on the back end. The main comment, get the puck up to these guys and get it up fast, put it on the tape, and they should be able to make a play. Plus, it's now it's 20, 30, 40 feet away from your own net out of a danger zone. And we've seen that in the last, you know, couple of weeks, week or so, especially in the last three, four games. So We got to go to our ski report, I guess, Duke. It's uh, that time of the year, and we're starting ski season. We had uh, Brian Road on the other day, uh, but uh, time now for the ski report. Just before we go to break, here is the Duke. Your ski report for Friday, December 1st, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at Snow Valley. Tomorrow, the big day local skiers and boarders have been waiting for. First Edmonton Area Ski Club opening up this season will be Snow Valley opening up to the public. On Saturday, can expect other local slopes to follow suit shortly. Around the province, other non-mountain ski areas already open include Canyon Ski Hill down in Red Deer and Windsport in Calgary, which have been both up and running since last weekend. Mountain resorts still mostly operating just groomed runs with largely man-made snow, areas with extensive snowmaking like Nakiska, Norquay, and Marmot Basin. Likely your best bets this weekend if you're looking for better conditions. Nakiska, two lifts with 34 runs open, including some gladed areas. Norquay will have the entire mountain open on limited terrain, including the North American chair. Marmot Basin, two chairs, six run open, including the small rail park. And down in Banff, Lake Louise with a 46-centimeter base, eight of 11 lifts operating, and Sunshine Village with a 43-centimeter base, six of their 12 lifts in operation. The ski-out not yet open for the season. Further south, Castle Mountain opens today, followed by Fernie on Saturday. 
Panorama, Kicking Horse, and Revelstoke all tentatively planning on opening the following weekend. These aren't the best of times for snow lovers, but there is still lots of fun to be had out on the slopes. You just have to look a little bit harder. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Little boy Duke on fire as usual. I got to get that bed in there. Now we're just fine. Now we're laughing. Oh, buddy, come uh, come Monday morning, this will be a, a high-flying operation on the skier part. We got our uh, our crack production team here working on some things to give it a little more pizzazz yeah. and, and we'll be uh, we'll be laughing. You know, it's a work in progress, you know. Things are just, you know, you get thrown at you, and the dude goes, yeah, just give it to me. I'll whip her off, no problem. And, you know, then we'll get this thing put together. And, yeah, as we say, by Monday morning, it's going to sound like we've been doing this for a million years for sure. Uh, when we come back. Oh, an old friend, an old buddy that I met 25 years ago when I moved to here. Ryan Marsh, former Alberta Golden Bears defenseman, former teammate of Chris Knobloch when they played back in the day. Uh, head coach now of the Spruce Grove Saints will go in the community for United Sport and Cycle when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Coming up to 920 in Edmonton. Let's go in the community now for United Sport and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business right in the heart of Old Strathcona. United Sport and Cycle has been supporting hockey and our community for over 95 years as we welcome in head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints of the Alberta Junior Hockey League, Ryan Marsh. Marshy, good to talk to you. It's been a while. How are you? Doing well, Kevin. Great, uh, great to be on with you this morning. Well, you know, uh, I was just kind of thinking about the last, the last time we talked was at the rink, and the first time we ever talked was at the rink. It was back in uh, at the, it was in in nineteen ninety nine even uh, when you were playing for the Alberta Golden Bears. And when I first got here in ninety eight, you were one of the stalwarts on that team. Uh, what was it like? I guess let's just go back to that period of time when you were playing for the Bears, and man, you had a, a teammate that was on on that squad that is now the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, what was that time like for you at the U of A? Oh, it's some great years, um, some of the best best years uh, of my life was spent at U of A. Um, just a just a great group of of people around the school, whether it be the team or. You know, from the academic side or you know, the coaches, but you know, uh, some of my you know my best friends uh, to this day are, are mm-hmm. from those days that we still stay in touch and reminisce a little bit about uh, our fun and uh, some great some great teams, some great hockey uh, in those days as well. And it's it's uh, kind of where I kind of started to realize that maybe uh, you know I might want to get involved in hockey down the road as, as more of a coach or, uh, or an instructor of some sort um, was, was during those days and uh, um, yeah it was, it was just a great time learned a lot you guys had a lot of characters on those teams back in 98 99 and thinking all the guys that i knew even prior like mike mcgann and uh, of course <laughs> rob dom was head coach uh, how much did you learn from rob yeah. dom that you take forward now yeah he he's an excellent coach just you know, is still coaching, uh, you know, over in Europe and, uh, just, uh, from a system standpoint, um, just was very organized and, uh, you know, he, uh, he had a really good game plan each and every, uh, weekend that we played, um, practices were very well organized throughout the course of the week. And like I said, it, it started, to, I learned a lot from a mm-hmm. hockey standpoint and, uh, you know, from a strategy standpoint in those days and um, you know, there's a number of, of, of guys that have gone on and, and, and coached and you know obviously right now Chris who is yeah. uh, 
a real student of the game when we played as well. You could kind of tell that there might be a future for him down the road as a coach. Mm-hmm. Head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints, uh, Ryan Marsh, is our guest on Sports 1440. So you're with the Saints now, but you were also an assistant back with the Saints about 15 years ago. So you've almost kind of come circle, full circle with this franchise. Yeah, I was, um, you know, kind of got into coaching after, after finishing playing, and it was more of a part-time position in those days. But, you know, it was one of those things that it was part-time, but, you put a lot of hours in just because you loved it so much. And, uh, you know, it was with a great group of coaches and, you know, Jason McKinney, Steve Hamilton, uh, mm-hmm. Dustin Schwartz was our goalie coach in those days. He's now with the Oilers yeah. as well. And, uh, you know, we were able to build some, put together some good teams, recruit them and build a, a um, you know what I would say, a good program in, in Spruce Grove. And, I moved on, and uh, the program has, has stayed strong for the years. And like you said, full circle to come back and, and have a chance now to, um, you know, to be a head coach uh, this go around. It's been great. So, how would you say right now the Saints are doing? I mean, we're so used to be seeing the Saints and Brooks top of the standings, uh, north and south. It's all one division this year. But how would you kind of assess your team this year? Yeah, I think that you know we're we're not where we want to be currently in the standings, but uh, we we're seeing lots of growth, and you know we're focusing on having a really good December and, and finishing strong going into our our Christmas break, and um, you know having a strong you know second half to our season is what we're looking at. Um, you know we uh, like I said we've had a, a ton of growth and um, and uh, are going through a real busy stretch here over the next few. Uh, few weeks as we head into our, our Christmas break and um, you know we're uh, we're trying to attack it with um, the approach that we're, we're going to finish strong and um, you know we're, we're excited about uh, the back half of the season. Ryan Marsh uh, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints our guest on the Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440. So Marsh you guys played Sherwood Park earlier this week uh, at the new facility in Nisku. Uh, what was that game like and what's that facility like? Holy smokes it's nice. Yeah, no, it's it's an excellent facility. Um, it was a great opportunity not only for our team but for the Crusaders, obviously, to play a game there. Um, really nice rink, very well done, very uh, very modern, um, and we had a great great group of, of fans there. It was it was standing room only, and hmm. from what I understood, there was it was packed up on, on top above uh, where the restaurant was as well, and uh, it was a great atmosphere in there and a uh, really good hockey game. Um, against the Crusaders are having a very good year got a great group uh, a good, really good team there and kind of went back and forth and you know they had a, a late goal to, to win the game but uh, it was um, a great event and we were really appreciative of uh, you know not only our staff but our players were really appreciative of getting a chance to spend a few days at the new facility there and and uh and play a game there. It was great. Uh, so the Saints made a bit of a bigger trade. Would you call it a bigger trade earlier in the week? And can you kind of just uh, discuss a few details on that? Yeah, well, we we just brought in a couple of veteran guys, uh, a couple of 20-year-old players that, you know, we felt, um, um, you know, that we needed. And, uh, you know, uh, Tristan Baum was the captain in Olds and, the you know, smaller defenseman for them down there, and, and so he's going to you know, real steady our back end and bring us some a really uh, good leadership. Uh, Daniel Moore, the um, big, big forward that um, we feel is going to really help our, our forward group up front. And again, as 20 year olds are both both veteran guys that 
and uh, bring uh, a presence to the room and some leadership that, uh, you know, as an organization, we felt we could use. Um, we've kind of had those, those spots, those 20-year-old spots available for a number of, uh, for a while. And, um, you know, we felt it was time to, to make a move to, just like I said, to, to add to our, our leadership group and, and bring a veteran presence. So we're really excited about the, the trade. We had a chance to practice yesterday mm-hmm. with them. Um, they, they were able to get into Spruce Grove yesterday and, and have a practice with us. And we're headed down to Brooks this weekend for, for yeah. two games down there. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a really good test down, down south. So Brooks uh, for a back-to-backer tonight and tomorrow, that's correct? That is, yeah. And yeah. I mean, they're one of the top teams again. Uh, what kind of, uh, uh, you know, challenge does this present for the Saints tonight and tomorrow? Well, it'll be a challenge for sure. Um, you know, we've, we've played them at home here a couple times. Uh, most recently lost them over time in a really tight back and forth game. And they're, they're a great team. They've done an excellent job with that program over the last number of years to, to build it up and, and, and have high end uh, and talent that, that comes through the program and, um, you know, a, a lot of their players go on to the NCAA. They've, they've been um, yeah. a real good example for, you know, not only junior hockey, but the Alberta Junior Hockey League of just uh, a really good franchise there. Uh, and Ryan and his, his staff have done a great job. So um, they're a fast, up-tempo team that, uh, um, that, we, um, that will, be a, will be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Said we're, we're looking forward to it. We've played them in a couple of tight games already this year, and um, you know, we're looking forward to going down and, and getting some valuable points uh, to start the month of December. Ryan Marsh, our guest on Sports 1440, head coach of the uh, Spruce Grove Saints of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, you've got a young player on your squad uh, whose dad used to be a playoff hero for the Edmonton Oilers in uh, Fernando Pisani. How is uh, Teal Pisani looking uh, for the Saints this year? <clears throat> Teal's uh, really come into his own over the last... Uh, games here he's he's um you know, we had both our goals the other night in, in the game against short park and, and this um you know a young player that uh has just really taken the coaching and applied it to his game um it's it's one of those things where you come into the league as, as a you know a, a young player and you got to figure things out a little bit and find your way and He's worked to find his way, and and now he's got um, he's playing with some confidence and a little bit of swagger, especially offensively. Um, but he's um, he's been a great addition to our team this year, and like I said, come in and, and really embraced the coaching and applied it, and um, he's playing in all situations for us. He's you know playing five on five for us, he's done some good things on their power play and and, and kills penalties, and he's got a pretty good mentor at home. To, uh, <laughs> Show him the way for sure, which is, which is great, which is part of it, I'm sure. But uh, uh, Teo's been great, and we're really excited about where his uh, where his path's going for us here with the, with the Saints. Yeah, and a lot of these players, uh, Marshy, are committed, as in he's one of them to NCAA? Yes, yeah, he's got a commitment to Omaha, um, so uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it's our job, you know, at this level to develop him and, and get him ready for, for that step. Um, to the NCAA and um, you know that's the other part of it we talked about the wins and losses and everything else but you know, and also development league mm-hmm. to, um, develop these players for whether it be the NCAA or the U sport yeah. you know or obviously pro too as well um, some of the higher end players um, and, and so that's the other challenge is, is 
is uh, that individual touch and, and, and trying to get these players um, in the best possible position to take uh, steps to that next level when the opportunity presents itself. How do you handle that as a coach, Ryan, in the sense of, you know, you want to have the best for the organization, but you also have to have the players' best interest in it, and that's how you're getting these players because you're you're telling the families that you know we're going to take care of your guy, we're going to make sure we give him every opportunity to succeed and to further either his career or education or both. So, how do you handle that as as a staff, as a coach, uh, as an organization? Yeah, well, like I said, the organization is has been a premier organization for a number of years in the league and um, you know, just does things the right way, uh, provides everything the players need, um, you know, from a, from a playing and off-ice standpoint from as far as the, um, the way that we train off the ice and, and the facility that we have and the, the staff that we provide around these players and around myself. And then it's up to our staff to, you know, to... to uh, you know, to find areas that, that need growth and to hit those, to hit those on a weekly basis on the ice, um, in the gym. And then, you know, those, you know, obviously, you know, the modern way is mm-hmm. there's a lot of video, a lot of coaching through video. And, uh, so those individual touches too, as well as just showing them and going through, uh, parts of the game and their shifts and providing that feedback and, and getting those individual touch, touches and then trying to bring that all together and, and immerse it into our team game. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's an ongoing basis daily to, uh, you know, to kind of combine those individual touches that everyone needs and the skill uh, development that they need maybe before the team practice. Yeah. And then immersing it into the team practice and, and blending it all together is, is, um, is, is uh, you know, how you uh, have, to, have to do it. And um, I'm fortunate to have a great staff mm-hmm. to assistant coaches around me and, a great off-ice staff that you know we're providing every opportunity and giving um, every one of our players the resources that they uh, they need to to get better every day, and that's the goal. Ryan March with us, uh, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints. The Saints are in Brooks tonight and tomorrow, two games against the Bandits. Uh, so, Marsh, as I was saying off the top, you know, I bumped into you quite often in the last few years just down at rogers or even at uh, wherever even at claire drake and things like that so how do you i mean you're down there trying to i guess you're gathering knowledge for yourself and you're you're putting yourself out there but you want to you're learning and you want to kind of sponge up as much as as you can so how how are you doing that like what do you what do you do for that to kind of take your coaching game to the next level so you know how are you doing it in that sense yeah, it's a great question, Kevin. It's ongoing professional development uh, daily, um, you know, where you're connected with the coaches or, or watching, you know, other games within the league or in other leagues, you know, trying to gather ideas and find different ways to do things. And, you know, I was really fortunate to spend, you know, I was with the Oil Kings for four years where you're down the hall from a premier NHL team and, and build relationships with the staff, with the Oilers, and, you know, got to be... Um, quite close with Jay in his time, Woodcroft in his time. He was an assistant in those days and you know, most recently um, was the head coach earlier and we, we was able to, you know, go down the hall and gather ideas and spend some time with those guys. Um, you know, which was very for- was very fortunate for me to have that. It was professional development every day. Yeah. Um, and with the Oil Kings and, and we're sure it's the same now with the staff there um, where you're, you can watch practice but you can also go down the hall and, and talk to 
their staff and bounce ideas. And, and that's how you yeah. get better. And so I've maintained those relationships. Uh, you mentioned Chris, it's, you know, unfortunately uh, a former teammate and, and, and Chris and I have stayed in touch over the years from a coaching standpoint and bounce ideas off each other. And um, I bounce a lot of things off him. And, um, even though he's been, you know, out east for the most part the last few years, we, we've stayed in touch and he gets back out west in the off season. And um, so, so now I've got him here again now, back and close. And so, um, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, we'll definitely get back around Rogers and hopefully watch some practices and those types of things. But it's ongoing, you know, to, to mm-hmm. stay on top of it. The game is changing, you know, it's changed so much over the last number of years, but continues to change. And, um, you know, there's lots of different ways to do things and lots of different ways to play. And it's it's trying to gather those ideas and then uh, figure out whether it's something we want to do and, and apply it. Yeah, I, I asked Chris Knobloch if he wanted Brad Tuchek's number. He said, ah, that's okay, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now you're bringing back some, some old names, tossing it in. Uh, obviously, great great memories of those days, like you said, when he started when we started the interview. Like, you know, you, you, you take me back to those days where you're on the bench for half a practice and yeah. getting ready to interview. Fun days. Yeah, they were fun. That, that was my beat. I'd be down there. You know, between football and hockey, it was a lot of fun 20, 24, 25 years ago or 1999 or so, whenever it was. But I uh, got a text in, Marsh. Yeah. just want to let, let you know this one coming from Crotch. Uh, Ryan Marsh coached our team at the Alberta Cup back in 2007. We weren't very good. One morning at 6 a.m., there was a knock on the hotel room door. It was Marshy gathering the group for an early 8 k.m. run. Holy. <laughs> Even back then, you were a drill sergeant. It's funny. It was an early. We had an early game. We um, we uh, our team was playing in one of the early games in the last day, and uh, we hadn't had a whole lot of success in the tournament, and wanted to finish um, that last game and win that last game. And so, as the staff, we decided to get everyone up and going. We did a little what you would call now a little bit of game day activation and mobility quite early because it was an early game. Got the guys going and. It was more team building than anything. There was no punishment. It was more of a team building uh, uh, tactic to, to get us ready to have uh, a real good finish to that tournament. But uh, that's another good memory. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully you can create some this weekend in uh, Brooks. Appreciate your time, Marshy. Uh, good luck. Continued success uh, with the Spruce Grove Saints this year. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Thanks for having me. All the best to you, too, as well. Uh, that's uh, Ryan Marsh, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints as we went in the community for United Sport and Cycle. Christmas has arrived. You need something for an athlete or a sports fan. Uh, United Cycle has been your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. Check them out in Old Strathcona. Duke, you've been just typing away there. Like, what's going on? Well, I was, uh, you know, I, I'm always working I mean, hard behind the scenes, Kev. You know how it is. It's, I was actually I'm losing my focus here because you're just going bananas on the keyboard. That's a, That's been a common thing as said on the, the lowdown with uh, Declan hammering away on these keys and Tide can hear it through. I sort of lost my focus still. there. Like, what are you, are you at like, what, 80 words a minute or what? Uh, no, I'm actually a terrible typer, but oh. I was just uh, getting our, uh, our winner for the Oil Kings tickets yeah. uh, sorted out. Um, so it looks got? like Cam's going to be our uh winners taking his um 10 year old who's never been to a game before so that uh, will be exciting and i just got the information along to norm so we'll get all the the transfer of tickets sorted out so yeah that's what i was clamoring away at on the uh on the keys (laughs) like a young billy joel holy cow it was almost hypnotic in here (laughs) 
<laughs> I, we might have to hear that hypnotizing song by Big Biggie, Biggie guy, again. Biggie Smalls or whatever his name is. I, I wanted to ask you this, yeah. uh, Kev, um, with the, the note of United Cycling, you know, a great place to go do your Christmas shopping for any mm-hmm. sports fans. Like, did you ever get a, a new yep. hockey stick uh, under the Christmas tree? I went to United Cycle. I picked one up and I got my skates done there and it's got a one of... I think all the sticks are like this or most of them that are that I was kind of testing out. And by no means, you know, United Cycle, they got that little area you can go in and blast Test away. Them out, yeah. Blast them. I didn't do that because it just, I mean, I'm not at that You're level. You're too old for that. Not yeah. at that level. But it seemed all the sticks have the, the big toe curve. It's it's definitely more popular now, and there are some that are more dramatic than others. Um, the McDavid pattern on CCM's okay. I think it's called a P28. That one's really bad. Like that one is. For a toe curve? Crazy, yeah. And then the uh, the P92, I don't know what it's called in a Bauer, maybe P29 yeah. on the CCM. It's a P92 on a Bauer. That's your traditional kind of toe curve with the then open face at okay. the end, or the P88's more of a closed face. But they, they're all pretty comparable. You don't see a lot of uh, old, uh, you don't see any real-life Leon Dreisaitl's out there, just the big flat paddles. I didn't see too many of those. And, I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was going through the whole rack. And, I mean, there's, I mean, there's hundreds of sticks to pick from. But... Uh, I'll be honest, and I'm I'm no screaming hell out there. I find that the puck just seems to roll off a lot now, uh, stick handling. You've got to get used to it. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not happening. Can That's old, not going to happen. Can, can old dogs learn <laughs> no, new tricks this no. hour on the Kevin Gary show? Well, the, the other thing, Duke, I mean, I was using a, a Sherwood PMP 7000 before. Mm-hmm. So this, Trustworthy is a, this is a whole new game for me, man. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, when we come back, we'll have some open text time, uh, quite a few coming in, uh, 1-833-401-1440. And then at the top of the hour, Rob Domofsky from ESPN.com, Green Bay Packers in action this weekend, and Cody Jansen from the uh, Saskatchewan Rush as the NLL gets underway. Rush coached by Jimmy Quinlan, of course, the former Edmonton Rush. He was here in the studio last week for... Who is it Wednesday? On, well, this week, this, this a couple yeah. days ago with Gregor, yeah. yeah. Isn't that what I said? Last week. Oh, it's the same thing. Well, we, we've said Two that many days times. Ago. Our, our days, days all ago. blend together. If you would have told me that. I uh, saw I saw Jamie Bowen, too. Uh, where was it at? I can't remember. Jamie said hello. I said hello to him. I can't remember. But it, I missed the rush, you know, when they were here. Yeah, they left right when I was kind of actually just mm-hmm. getting into it. I watched their them win the the championship at Rexall, yeah. and then they were gone. So uh, it'll be fun to talk to Cody because he's a local guy, an Edmonton guy, mm-hmm. um, j- latching on full time now with the Rush this season. So I'm excited to see what he has to say. It was a, like that transition. I mean, and at that point, no Edmonton teams are doing very well. No, so no. The, it was kind of everyone wanted the, to see the Rush continued success, and they've had that in uh, Saskatoon and in Saskatchewan. So that's coming up, top of the hour, but uh, we'll get to some of your texts right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. And now we're talking, Duke. We're getting back to the to the 80s here with uh, Back to the Future. I, I assume you've seen Back to the Future. Yes, yeah, that one I have. But you haven't got to the replacements yet. Still you haven't working found on that. it. Maybe that'll be my, my holiday break. Yeah, we'll just be binging movies that I've. Although I doubt it because I'll be at the farms. <laughs> I'll be out freezing my uh, my yeah. nards off, uh, <laughs> still trying to pound posts through the the what it will. I assume uh, that time finally be frozen ground, but you'll have to do some uh, fencing. Last time I was home, we got most of the posts pounded, but if I had to guess, um, not a lot of the planks have gotten put up since. So I assume I'll be pounding some uh, some spikes. Maybe putting up some tie boards, 
which I don't mind because we do. Hopefully, the the air gun, the air nailer, will be in operation for that particular job. Otherwise, that's a lot of nails to put in when you're putting up. Uh, well, you got the compressor then, or how, do you got yeah. a, a well, well, portable the com- compressor yeah. and the generator in the back of the the Gator, oh, okay. the the ATV. You got well, all the tools out there. That's one thing that, as my dad has aged, mm-hmm. um, he realizes that having things that make jobs easier is nice. Uh, when you don't, like I said, if you're putting up like a couple hundred feet worth of tie boards, putting in uh, four four nails into each one, that's a lot of nails. Whereas if you got the air gun, just all the way down the line, you're laughing. Have you watched Yellowstone then? No. My Why dad not? My dad loves it. Well, he has Yellowstone. to love it, yeah. It, so how come you haven't got into it? I don't know. Okay. To be I, I, I'm aware of the premise and like I get all, but I've, and cause like there's marathons of it on that one channel when it's like on a free trial base. <laughs> so that's what my, my dad will be like, oh, Paramount channels on a what's free your, trial. What's your dad's name again? Bill. Bill. Okay. So you're going home tonight to, to, I'm or? thinking tomorrow cause I'll okay. just, I, I got some things to take care of in the city tonight and I might drop by the, the Drake for the Bears game and then I'll, uh, meet the, the fam at the Davidson family Christmas at Cumberland Community Hall for a nice potluck dinner and, uh, little gift exchange amongst the what's basically half of Delburn because that's how yeah. it works of course uh, one family spreads across the whole community so when you go home tomorrow can you do me a favor and ask Bill this question okay yeah dad which ranch hand from Yellowstone do I remind you most of that's he, will, all. he will not know their names, oh, even though he watches the show. He'll he'll know their names. And I assume that this is going to be some trying to tee him up to say that whatever one's the biggest reject and loser. <laughs> no. That's me. No, no, what, no, no. Trip's the, the, Rip. the, Rip is Rip's the, guy. the big guy, the yeah. main guy. Rip's, like married to the Kevin leader. Costner's the daughter. daughter. Yes. He's but the, then there's the Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, he's a loser, isn't he? Well, you might call him a loser, but he takes he's he's with the ladies more than anyone else. Well, then that's definitely not me. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, then there's, uh, um, well, I mean, he's not going to go with Lloyd. That's the older guy. Sure. So ask your dad that. Just say, Dad, which one of the Yellowstone ranch hands do I remind you most of? Okay, I'll ask him. That's all he, and, and yeah, because I, I don't even know if he's been watching it lately or like... I don't think it's... I think it's done. Like, Well, I mean, no, because there haven't been new seasons, but keep in mind, he's like watching it on my, real TV and okay. like it usually in past tense. So right. I'll uh, I'll ask him, but I can't guarantee that he'll have a good answer, but I'll ask him all the same. Mm-hmm. That's just the one. I, I think I, I would like to know what his answer like, is going to be. Do you have a guess about which which one I am? You don't got to say, do. Yeah, obviously. I do. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, well, I'll write we, it down. When we report back Monday here, we'll, uh, we'll say them at the same time and see if there's any overlap. <laughs> uh, you know and then what, you though? can enlighten me on exactly what traits uh, I resemble of this character. I'll tell you, um, uh, he's going to get a laugh at the question, and, and uh, you're going to have a good laugh about it. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, with my dad, he passed away 17 years ago now. It was on the morning of game four of the Carolina series. So I was 20 years old and we're driving to the farm. And he says to me, he had a big player's plane cigarette hanging out of his mouth and big 1970 GMC truck and he's got the wheel going and uh, windshields rolled down and, you know, the whole bit, wind blowing in. And he said, so it's time for you to decide what you want to do with your life. And, you know, I said, you know, dad, I think I'm going to go to Calgary and take this TV course. 
And he goes, hmm. And he takes a big puff of the player's plane and he looks at me and he goes, what, repairman? <laughs> that is 100% true story. And it was a funny time for sure. Was but, it uh, Was it like, I don't know, like the song uh, Where Corn Don't Grow by uh, Travis Tritt? Was it like that? You leaving the, the plains of Saskatchewan <laughs> to move to the big city? It was. And you found out uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be? I never went back. (laughs) I never ended up going back. I went to Calgary and then, actually I did. Like I ended up going back to Yorkton for my first job. Yes, correct, yeah. uh, But I, you know, love Saskatchewan. Uh, Grew up and a lot of family still there and friends and everything. You know, northern Saskatchewan. I mean, you go up to, you go to anywhere... I mean, all of Saskatchewan's great. Everyone get, gives it a bad rap. It it is it is you unfairly know. criticized because it is it is beautiful country. There's some, you know, you go up uh, like Waskasu area. People in Prince Albert area, like if you go to that area, you can't believe how nice it is up there. Mm-hmm. And we go fishing up north in Saskatchewan, and that's still so pristine. And I mean, that's where it's untouched still. And uh, you know, you you're out of civilization. That's that's fun. And I mean, there's northern Alberta like that too. So, um, <laughs> Tiger says, uh, with my dad, it was long, slow pulls of a player's filter. Yeah. There was no filter on the, uh, well, on the end of old Orvis. If they're filtered, that means they're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like that, man. People were just smoking like chimneys back in the day. It, uh, oh. I remember like going on just, you know, minor hockey trips and it's not like it is now. You used to pile six, seven kids into a car, mm-hmm. four or five in the back seat with, well, no one's wearing a seatbelt anyway, but you couldn't see the front of the, like the windshield because of the parents out in the front smoking. Oh yeah. Like, and you, you just got used to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like my, my late grandparents, my mom's parents who were from Hinton and that's where, where my mom grew up. Uh, they, it was, it was nonstop. It was crazy. And then both of my mom's siblings, my aunt and my uncle, uh, they smoke like crazy too. But my mom has, I mean, obviously I've only known her yeah. in my lifetime. <laughs> I've never seen her touch a cigarette. Did she smoke when, before? Though, when I don't know. Young? No idea. Had to have. There's no Pro- Oh, at least a little. Yeah. You're growing up in Hinton. You're basically smoking just by walking your dog out on yeah. the street from the pulp mill. <laughs> so... You got at least if you're gonna smoke, get something where it gives you a little buzz off of it instead of just clogging up the lungs. Wasn't that the 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 smell of the Hinton pulp mill so bad for so many years? But now it's okay. It gained quite the reputation. Oh. And and here's the thing, we were going there not very often, but often enough as kids that I don't think we really noticed it. Like we, it was kind of like you just. It's like me and the smell of manure right at the farm. Yeah. Like I, I don't notice it. It's just natural for me. So that's kind of how it was with going rolling into hinting. Cause you can start to smell it as soon as you crest that last hill on the yellowhead. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the odd time we'd have friends come with us or maybe we were going out to a ski trip to Marmot and we had a couple of friends in the vehicle. They'd be like, Oh my God, what is that smell? <laughs> and I would be like, what do you mean? And my, then my mom would be like, well, no, it's, it's the mill. It's the pulp mill. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, quite the stench. Ah, just it was just dirty. It seemed, and the smoke too is bad. I, you know, I think we've come a long way in our uh, climate-controlled atmosphere <laughs> and all that. <laughs> the carbon the, copy, the technology, <laughs> the science has come a long oh, way to uh, keep things under control. Yeah, let's maybe worry about China though first here. China. Um, top of the hour, we will check in with Rob Domofsky from ESPN, covers the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Jordan Love is really. You know, he looks like he's the answer now at quarterback as far as the Green Bay Packers are 
moving forward. And hey, a week ago we had a text from uh, Red Batty from Green Bay Packers, fifty years in the business, uh, equipment manager when we had uh, Dwayne Mandruzic and Sparky Kolchiski and Barry Stafford in studio, long time friends, and those guys uh, were, you know, in constant communication and you know what and again red batty started in montreal and Dwayne was talking about that but just the fact that red batty's donated so many uh, trips one of a kind trips to edmonton charities is insane he's done it several times for craig simpson in his golf tournament and you know, Red Batty, so you take guys on the sideline and Red puts you, they put you up in the hotel and they, you know, they take you on the tour of the locker room. You meet all the players and things like that. So that's just a, another connection with the Green Bay Packers for Edmonton here. Also coming up at 1020, Cody Jansen, Saskatchewan Rush play-by-play as the National Lacrosse League gets underway this weekend. Uh, before all that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.